All right, live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice, Dish Network, Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 240, Samsung TV Plus, Channel 1029. Uh, all the socials, of course, and of course, live from Studio6B.com at this time. On behalf of myself, Damon, Paul, our special guest, Doug Smith, we're going to take a moment of silence. Now, granted, it took two days to take control of the airport. We have control of the airport now. Still a lot of pandemonium outside the airport. Well, there is, but look, but no one's being killed right now. God forgive me for if I'm wrong about that, but no one's being killed right now. People are, we got a thousand, some like 1,200 out yesterday, a couple thousand a day, and it's increasing. We're going to get those people out. They hit me, I'm a Australian citizen, they hit me, by. See this, uh, this happened to me. Then I was But no one's being killed right now. God forgive me for if I'm wrong about that, but no one's being killed right now. Yeah. And then from there, I'd like to go to cut number three, G. It's a hard day today. As you know, two suicide bombers assessed to have been ISIS fighters detonated in the vicinity of the Abbey Gate at Hamad Karzai International Airport and in the vicinity of the Barron Hotel, which is immediately adjacent. The attack on the Abbey Gate was followed by a number of ISIS gunmen who opened fire on civilians and military forces. At this time, we know that 12 U.S. service members have been killed in the attack and 15 more service members have been injured. A number of Afghan civilians were also killed and injured in the attack. We are treating some of them aboard HKIA. Many other Afghan civilians have been taken out to hospitals in town. We're still working to calculate the total losses. We just don't know it, uh, what that is right now. Their loss weighs heavily on us all, and I'll talk a little bit more about that as we go through my prepared remarks. All right. I think uh, that sums up a bit of what we've uh, endured today. 
And again, you know, it's not the typical, hey, welcome to the show kind of open, but I think it's something that needs to be done, needs to be shown, because today was a hard day. If you're an American, if you're if you're a patriot, if you're someone who's been paying attention to this story on how, you know, this whole evacuation from Afghanistan is supposed to be going and is going and has been listening to the words coming out of the... Uh, the mouths of the people in charge who are supposed to be telling us what's going on, giving us giving us the correct information. And then, of course, you see with your eyes what's really going on and what the real situation has been leading up to. And it's been leading up to what you saw today. And what's even more grotesque, I want to say, is the hours that passed while the White House said Nothing. Five, six, I think it was up to seven hours. Seven hours from the first report to when they finally, when he finally stuttered and and stammered his way out to a podium to tell us. And then he muttered, Right. We will hunt you down with absolutely no authority whatsoever. This guy's a clown, a complete and, and, sock puppet. They and, can't be this stupid. And to, you know, invoke his son, who died of brain cancer. I mean, he's like one of those guys, like those women like, with Munchhausen's, where he just keeps on bringing up the, his dead child for the desperate need for sympathy, or somehow or another it absolves him from, you know, uh, you know responsibility. From, from being any yeah. kind of leader or responsible in any way, shape, or form. To me... I, I can't even describe. I mean, this is this is enough to make your blood boil. And I, I think his response was pretty weak. I think um, what he said, uh, you know, during that press conference just uh, over an hour ago, um, he he really displayed a range of emotions. I thought it was uh, a little uneasy at times, uh, but I think the American people were looking for a tougher resolve and a tougher response. That uh, you know, he did have that one line saying, "We will hunt you down and we will kill you." Um, but aside from that, there wasn't much to back it up, you know. Yeah. Uh, and he was talking about how we still have, we're at the mercy of the Taliban right. uh, to to do this. That's not acceptable to the American people. And, and it's insane. You know, he, he says it. You hear him. Those are nice words. But we all know those are not his words. Those, that's not the way he thinks. He doesn't, he doesn't feel that. You could tell. Um, it's just, okay, you know, as he started to go to questions, all right, I'm supposed to go to, I've been instructed, I've been instructed to to go to, yes, that was the phrase. I've been instructed to go to, he's been instructed, he is saying things along the lines of that, or you all get in trouble if I continue to say this, or do I have to leave now? I mean, we know that this guy's the puppet in chief and we know darn well that this is, uh, the response he'll give will be what his masters, the corporate henchmen he has telling him what to do, playing those little marionette puppet strings, and we know we're not going to get any leadership whatsoever out of the resident-in-chief. None. Well, I think it, it is yeah. deeply concerning, too, because it's not just the American people that can see that when, uh, you know, these little gaffes like that, like I've been instructed to ask uh, the questions in this order, um, I think people are concerned about that, and that, that gets projected across the world. So you know that our enemies overseas are looking at that, and they're wondering who is making the decisions. You know, they're wondering, is it the president? Is it the vice president? Is it someone who works for the president is it um, obama it, is it somebody in a basement somewhere talking into a microphone so he can listen to it and go out and uh you know basically you know they, they throw him a little uh they throw him a treat he goes and does the trick 
Yeah. And, and the people are angry. And we're, I think we're already hearing that uh, it's the topic of conversation all over the place, that people are angry. And if you speak to today, I was speaking to uh, some veterans who served in Afghanistan, and uh, they were they were angry because they know that this falls squarely on uh, how this has been executed. And I think, you know, uh, I, I was at an event just the other day. Mike Pompeo, uh, Trump's secretary of state, was there speaking. Uh, I know David Zier was at the same event. He talked about it a little bit. And uh, Pompeo actually graduated top of his class of West Point. And one of the things he said is, look, you don't have to attend West Point to know that when you're withdrawing, you pull out the civilians first. Yeah. You don't take, you know, you, the, the people with the guns leave last. Uh, and he explained that uh, President Trump and, uh, you know, he, he, that administration had set clear conditions that we will only be withdrawing under these conditions, none of which, by the way, uh, were met. So this was unacceptable when, when uh, Joe Biden talks about uh, it's it's the prior administration that set this this timeline together. Right. I mean, I, that's that's not acceptable because conditions were not met, and uh, and you see the response, and you see the results of that. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, somebody else who was pretty uh, ticked off about all this, uh, he's on Real America's Voice as well. His name is Steve Bannon. This afternoon on War Room, he had this to say. This is cut number thirteen. G. This elections have consequences and stolen elections have catastrophic consequences. And you're seeing this hapless, feckless old man, okay, now in the situation room. And this is what they spun us for the last couple of Oh, we're working with the Taliban. We got side deals. We got the CIA director. Burns, how'd that meeting go? Want to know from Burns. And by the way, uh, you know, all, you're doing all the stuff on, on, the, on, the, on January 6th. Here's my recommendation. Uh, to Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats. And he said, that's a big thing. You're going to get everybody up there and talk about everything and to do everything. Here, here, here's one I think the American people might want to see before him. Just, I'm just putting this idea out there. Why don't we get everybody that's a sp responsible for this in the chain of command? And let's get all the emails. Let's get all the text messages. Let's get all the calls, all the meetings. Let's get all the documents, all the presentations, all of it. And why don't we have that first? By the way, we still get to January 6th because we got an argument to make about January 6th, and we're prepared to make it. Okay? Benny Thompson, right? Benny Thompson, you want that argument made? We'll make that argument. But here's what I think the American people might want. With the blood on the streets at the Abbey Gate and the Barron Gate right there, when you're dealing with them and you're working with them, what did Burns know? What did your meeting with the Taliban say? How did that go? Right? They tell you they're going to hit you, give you a love tap. A couple of days beforehand, is that what you heard? Is that what you knew? What did they tell Biden? What did they tell this hapless, feckless old man before he went to bed last night? Before they put him to bed at, what, 4 o'clock in the afternoon? We don't know because you never see him after 5 o'clock. Right? What did he know? Hey, Benny, I got an idea. Let's have the big investigation. You got memos all over the place. You're going to do this. You're going to go to the National Archives. Let's go to the National Archives and pull up all the records and all the lies and misrepresentations of the military and the intelligence apparatus, all of it. Let's go to the National Archives and get that. And let's have that. I mean, let's have that. What is it, September 9th? It's still in fresh memory. Why don't we do it on the morning of September 11th when they're in Kabul with a terrorist super state mocking and ridiculing? You know what they could do? They'll do another Mount Suribachi with us, right? They'll put the Taliban flag up with our uniforms at Mount Suribachi right there. Benny, let's do that. Let's, let's delay yours and let's on September, the morning of September 11th in commemoration of the honored dead from 20 years ago. Let's do that. How about that? You want to do that? No, you do not want to do that. 
You're gutless, you're feckless, you're hapless. You're a disgrace. You're a disgrace to this country. You're a disgrace to every serviceman that's given their life, man and woman has given their life in the history of this republic. You have made a mockery of everything. Yeah. Yeah, right on. Just home run right there. And you know what? Chain of command. He's totally correct. Because you're going to see, uh, I'm sure they're going to start turning on this, this guy if they haven't already. Because this is now, th- there is now blood spilled. American blood spilled. And how many people out there are shocked after this debacle of an election that the neocon war machine gets its blood again? They make every wrong decision whatsoever. You know, Trump takes on Big Pharma, he takes on the banking elite, takes on, uh, on the war machine. He did everything that you wanted and was doing it properly. You're going to tell me that this would happen if he was still in charge? There's no way. There's no way, but, you know, Bush, Obama, uh, the Clintons, the Kissingers, the McConnells, the, the, the Romneys, all these same old lifelong hawks who make profit off it. Now, as soon as it, Trump's out of the way, what do we get? War machine back turned on again. Disgusted. All right, live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. It's going to be a busy show tonight. Thank you for joining us. Representative Doug Smith from the 5th District in New York. He's sitting in as well tonight, so thank you for joining us. We'll be back with more right after this right here. Real America's Voice. from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice on a uh, somber Thursday um, as we move forward. Of course, you know, we're going to be talking a lot about what happened in Afghanistan today. I think that's just the start. Um, I think we all knew it was kind of inevitable, depending on, uh, you know, I, I think it was just a matter of not if, but when. Uh, before we jump into it, because I do have uh, Biden's uh, remarks when he finally stumbled out, we'll get to that in just a few moments. But I got to make sure to remind you, all our friends, uh, visit MyPillow.com and use our code LFS6B to get 66% off today. Support Mike Lindell, support the show, get some great pillows, mattresses, uh, mattress toppers, I mean, uh, towels, Giza dream sheets, which, which Slick Rick lives by. He has several, several copies of his purple Giza dream sheets that he likes to sleep on. The pillow is guaranteed to be the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. That's MyPillow.com. Visit that today and use LFS6B at checkout for up to 66% off. And again, you know, not only does it go to help, uh, go to help us because, you know, it, sh- it shows that people that like this show are, are also fans of Mike and MyPillow, uh, but also, you know, helps, helps a great patriot and, and Mike Lindell who's still fighting the fight no matter what you might hear from the media. Eh, always, always keep in mind that you're not getting the full story. And That's a quality spends, product. Anybody who spends over $100, they get an 8x10 glossy of Slick Rick in his purple <laughs> outfit on his purple sheets. <laughs> Just send us an email. and that's, I can't back that up. But. Well, I wonder where he's getting those pictures developed. <laughs> you know, I can picture Damon in the, in the dark room. Like, ooh. <laughs> Just blowing him up. Like, Come on, hurry up. Like a, like a Polaroid when you shake it. Come oh, on. yeah, you're, you're shaking it like, eh. Uh, all right, so all right, back to misery. Yeah, let's get back to uh, 
you know, let's the, get back the, to rage. The main, the main story at hand, and and again, it's 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 tough to kind of put into certain words because you want to, you want you know, some of us just want to lash out, and that's the easy thing to do. Um, but we got to keep in mind that there are still people there that still need to get out. And don't fall for this narrative of, oh, we're, you know, well, there's only a thousand people left. There's not a thousand Americans left. No way. The, just yesterday, they didn't know how many were left. We had right. estimates of over 10,000 left. And now they're saying all of a sudden, oh, there's only a thousand left. Everybody else wants to stay. It's don't believe it. Yeah, he pulled the number out. He said uh, they've extracted over 100,000 people. Yeah. Uh, where did that number come from? Because it, that was not the case just two days, you know, a few well, days yeah. ago. Well, not... The other day when he brought up numbers, I totaled it. I think I, had a, I think it was up to like 76,000 uh, at that point. But only 4,000 were Americans. So as this number grows, his total number grows, which I'm sure he's, he's dropping in, you know, whoever the UK is getting out, right. whoever France, Germany, any, any one of our partners, any of our NATO allies, whoever they're getting out, um, they're just, just lump it all in. We'll take Probably. credit for we'll it all. We'll figure it out after. Yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah, we'll just take credit for it all. It'll be the largest thing. You'll see, we're going to go down in history for the largest airlift. So basically what you did was you created the problem, and right. now you're trying to solve Turn the problem that you created. It's really a bizarre pivot, by the way. It's right. just, <laughs> I don't know how you're going to make something good of this. They should just be realistic. And don't, don't try to say this is, we're doing something that's never been done before, because you're doing it very badly. Right. Yeah, right. We're doing something that's never been done before, because no boondoggle has ever been this big and bad in the past right you know so one would make a mistake this bad right so you're gonna say that this is such a great mission because you're you're trying to somewhat put a band-aid on the hemorrhaging hole in the hearts of americans yeah Are you kidding me and then the political report that came out uh sometime in the last maybe two or three hours that uh the u.s officials uh on the ground in kabul uh may have actually handed over a list of americans green card holders and afghan allies to the taliban to allow them uh safe passage essentially now think about this remember back to the 1979 iranian hostage crisis when uh the men and women that were working at our embassy were shredding documents and these are the types of documents that they were shredding right. uh, contacts people that would be what essentially if that happened and the, and the president didn't uh, reject that uh, you're handing over a kill list yeah. and a hostage list to the enemy of who is behind enemy lines right these people are important and we want to make sure that they make it out so can you let them through oh they're vips uh, of course, sir. Let me get right on that. Yeah, maybe we don't know who they all, what they all look like. You know, maybe, maybe somebody comes through as Doug Smith. That's not Doug Smith. You know, there's so many problems here, and it's it's deeply troubling that that would even be a consideration when uh, it just seems like such a such a blunder. And when they're talking about some of these decisions being made, and they said, uh, well, uh, the president was asking. He said, well, it was a consensus. And what that tells me is uh, a consensus is never a good idea. It, it really seems like it's it's usually just oh well, we all settled on this bad idea right. or this idea that was ah we didn't really love it it's it, not a, nobody and no good idea is ever oh well it was our, the consensus right it, 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 the consensus means you kind of fall in the middle it's like well it's not that great it ain't the worst thing but it's not the best thing either it's it's right there just you know maybe you're a c student yeah. oh great the consensus yeah. is you're a c student great that that's what we want to do um you know, but but again, you know, when you mentioned that list, and this is something we had a general on a couple nights ago. We were talking a little bit off air 
Um, and I asked him, I said, are we looking at the potential of the biggest hostage situation that, that anyone's ever seen? Because when you're talking about thousands of Americans, thousands of Americans, think about, think about how big the Iran hostage crisis was. And that was for 52. That was for 52 people. This, we're talking thousands and what are we looking at in a couple of weeks? Right. What's coming up in a couple of weeks? Uh, 9-11. 9-11. I mean, right? if, if this is not, to me, it's almost, again, I don't want to, I, I, I should put the tinfoil hat on, but I know how much profit there is in the war machine. It never ends, the perpetual, never-ending wars of just endless amounts of profit. It just feels to me so much like they put the proverbial stick in the hornet's nest, here, take our, our, our pawns, kill them. Let's upset the American people. Right. Let's call for blood in the streets. Let's carpet bomb the whole thing. Let's send blowback the other way. Terrorists. And then the, let's just spin it all again. And, and ultimately, how I think we may end up responding is we're going to, and they're already talking about putting additional troops in, the, although the president didn't get that specific, but now, us now having to, and, and uh, Mike Pompeo just the other day was saying that uh, they had 2,500 troops in Afghanistan for a period of relative peace. So they had control yeah. with only 2,500 right. troops. Now they're talking about sending another 6,000 troops. Uh, but well, now we well, have to well, fight. Well, the 6,000 6, are already in because oh, right, they're, they're right. trying to evacuate everybody through the airport. So they've actually imported 6,000 more just for the airport operations. And sadly, what is it, 12 now up to 14 possibly yep. uh, of those brave men and women are now dead. Because the guy who's supposed, you know, the buck stops here. I, 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 you know, come on, man. Um, that guy decided, you know what? I know what all you guys are saying. And, and, and you know what? And, and, and it's on tape. He can't deny that that the whole thing was oh we're gonna get out there's no there's no problem there's no yep. there's no problem that they're, they're not gonna we have three hundred thousand Afghan fighters versus seventy thousand Taliban it's yep. not a, no it's gonna be threat. fine yep. everything's gonna be great and they were already set to continue to hold open the embassy with six hundred staff past the August thirty first date. So don't give me this idea, this this garbage, this nonsense that oh, you know, uh, everybody was going to be leaving. No, you thought everything was going to be secure, and that's how you set it up. That's why we're in the boondoggle we are right now. Hey, Rick, if I could just address the audience, we've got a lot of messages I've seen on the social media. There's an audio glitch people are happening right now. Uh, the guys in the booth who are holding it down are always good at getting it fixed, so just hang in there, okay? Yeah. So we'll get that We'll get that taken care of hopefully very soon. In the meantime, I do have uh, a little bit of resident Biden, his remarks, and some of his questions. That'll be coming up next. Stay there. Live from Studio 6B right here on Real America's Voice. Live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice on a Thursday night. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, Representative Doug Smith from New York's 5th District is joining us tonight in the absence of uh, Rick Amirati. Uh, so, but he's not going to be doing sports, right, Doug? Yeah, don't ask me about uh, barrel racing and uh, tire polling and all, all kinds right. of stuff. <laughs> I, I apologize to all of them. I'm from New York, so forgive me. And of course, we call Paul, him a city slicker. Right. 
<laughs> and of course, Paul is here doing some news. And uh, you know, the big news today is is you know everything that's been going down in, in Afghanistan. Unfortunately, unfortunately, it's it's another dark day, and we haven't had many of these, um, you know, uh, for a while. It's almost it's almost like you've kind of forgot this was going on until this drawdown started, and all of a sudden you saw what a mess it had become in the last what six months. In the past six months, everything went south. I wonder what happened around that time. I don't know. Let me think about that. Um, in the meantime, though, after waiting nearly seven hours, the White House finally responded and let Joe out of the basement. Uh, they wrote him up some nice things to say, and uh, I guess we'll go with that. This is cut number five. G, go. A tough day. Yeah, we'll see. Evening in Kabul, as you all know. Terrorists attacked that we've been talking about and worried about, that the intelligence community has assessed, uh, has undertaken <clears throat> an attack by a group known as ISIS-K. All right, pause it right there. Took the How does he know already it's ISIS-K? How? It's too soon. They're still trying to pick through the bodies. They're still trying to figure out who's alive, who's dead, who they can save. Um, and, and, this, and already they're jumping to this, well, it's ISIS-K. We've got our bad guys. Yeah, there's so many bad guys, too, if you look at it. Because you right. have the Taliban, you have this ISIS-K, you still have al-Qaeda elements. Right. And then you probably, to be honest, thinking about just uh, human nature, you probably have people that affiliate with more than one. Right. Um, and and there's, there's another, like, a, a quote-unquote terrorist security thing that's running... C- Kabul for for the Taliban. It's it's just a mess. Um, and this guy is going out there saying it's ISIS K. He he needs to put a face to it. He needs to say needs to direct your attention here. Look here. Here's who. Oh, and what? It, it sounds like ISIS, right? Exactly what wow. Rick is saying right there. Exactly. Wow. It. Sounds like ISIS. So ready, ready made, ready made bad guys. Here we yep. go. Continue, G. Lives of American service members. Standing guard at the airport and wounded several others seriously. He had also wounded a number of civilians, and civilians were killed as well. I've been engaged all day in constant contact with the military commanders here in Washington and the Pentagon, as well as in Afghanistan and uh, Doha. And uh, my commanders here in Washington in the field have been on this with great detail, and you've had a chance to speak to some so far. The situation on the ground is still evolving, and I'm constantly being updated. <clears throat> These American service members who gave their lives, it's an overused word, but it's totally appropriate here, were heroes. Heroes who've been engaged in a dangerous, selfless mission to save the lives of others. They're a part of an airlift, an evacuation effort unlike any scene in history. And up. With more than 100,000 American citizens, American partners, Afghans who helped us, and others taken to safety in the last 11 days. Just in the last 12 hours or so, another 7,000 have gotten out. 
They were part of the bravest, most capable, the most selfless military on the face of the earth. And they're part of simply what I call the backbone of America. They're the spine of America. The oh. best the country has to offer. Of course. Jill and I, our hearts ache, like I'm sure all of you do as well, for all those Afghan families who lost loved ones, including small children, or been wounded in this vicious attack. And we're outraged as well as heartbroken. <clears throat> Being the father of a army major who served for a year in Iraq and before that was in Kosovo as a U.S. attorney for the better part of six months in the middle of a war. When he came home after a year in, a, in Iraq, he was you know, diagnosed just pause it right here because many, this is this is this is the part that's completely unnecessary. He starts talking about his dead son like, you know what, that happened, had nothing to do with what happened today. Today, it should be focused on those people. Don't right. make this about yourself, because that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to, he's trying to get your sympathy. Like, oh, yeah, I can't be mad at Joe because he's got a dead son. You know what? Forget about that. That's not what we're talking about. That shouldn't even be near this conversation. It's completely different. It's actually, uh, you know, we see this type of thing, too, unfortunately, like around 9-11. And I go to a number of 9-11 ceremonies and politicians will get up. And I always caution them. I said, please don't talk about your situation because we've all had situations and it's not about you. It's about what happened on that day. And in this case, uh, I think, you know, and he goes on for many things and he holds a moment of silence. But uh, I think we know what happened today and we want to know the facts on the ground. And I think people want something to uh, be optimistic about that we're going to win and we're going to secure our people. And yeah, he's not good at that. Continue on, G. Many coming home with an aggressive and lethal cancer of the brain. We lost. We have some sense, like many of you do, what the families of these brave heroes are feeling today. You get this feeling like you're being sucked into a black hole in the middle of your chest. There's no way out. My heart aches for you. But I know this, we have a continuing obligation, a sacred obligation to all of you, the families of those heroes. That obligation is not temporary, it lasts forever. The lives we lost today were lives given in the service of liberty, the service of security, the service of others, in the service of America. Like their fellow brothers and sisters in arms who died defending our vision and our values in the struggle against terrorism, of the fall on this day, they're part of a great and noble company of American heroes. To those who carried out this attack, as well as anyone who wishes America harm, know this, we will not forgive. We will not forget. We will hunt you down and make you pay. I will defend our interests and our people with every measure at my command. 
Over the past few weeks, <clears throat> I know you're many of you are probably tired of hearing me say it. We've been made aware by our intelligence community that the ISIS-K, an arch enemy, the Taliban, people who were freed when both those prisons were opened, has been planning a complex set of attacks on the United States personnel and others. This is why, from the outset, I've repeatedly said this mission was extraordinarily dangerous and why I've been so determined to limit the duration of this mission. All right. You know what? Pause it there because now he's starting to lie. Um, At no time, and and we've seen a lot. We see a lot of Biden, you know, anytime he talks because it's rare, but we always have to watch it. He never talks about that. He never talks about, oh, this is a dangerous mission. He hasn't been talking about that, not not in front of a camera. And and for him to sit there and continually, you know, espouse that, oh, you know, I, I said this time and again. You did not say it time and again. I've seen the cuts of you talking to other reporters where you're like, the, there's 300,000 Afghan forces. It's, it's, it's going to be safe. It's going to be fine. Yep. It's, they're not going to take over. It's not going to happen like that. He waved off any of the intelligence that told him exactly this that was going to happen. Waved it off. Why? Yep. As Paul was saying, it's part of the narrative. It's part of, it's part of getting them back in business. And, and by the way, I don't know if we have the cut on this, but uh, one of the reporters asked about why is it that we have not seen an attack against our troops in many, many months? Uh, and the president, President Biden, said because Donald Trump made a deal. Yeah, we have that clip. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to oh, that sorry, clip yeah. in just a bit. But, uh, yeah. no, go ahead. You were no, to... I'm dying to see that clip, though. So with the next segment, we'll, yeah, we'll, okay. we'll definitely get that clip. But, uh, you know, as, I've already as, jumped the gun on that. <laughs> as Paul was saying, you know, this is, business is it back. They're back in business. You know, as my boy EG said, ISIS-K, is that, is that the ISIS variant? Like, is that what, they, is that how they, like, they're going to label it a new, worse version of ISIS? Right. I mean, is that how they're going to do it? I mean, it's so it's so well said because that's exactly what we're looking at again. They're going to relabel it a new, bigger, better version, mm-hmm. and they're going to keep coming at it, and they're going to give us the the you know the, the gonna, talking we're gonna hear the, Yeah, right. We're yeah. going to hear the one main guy, the leader's name, and we're going to hear it. He'll be the new villain, and then you know it's it's the narrative's going to we're going to see this move. We've seen this movie a million times, yeah, and here exactly. it comes again. Hey, hey, G, let's go into some uh, some questions. <sighs> Cut six. We have time for that. You have said leaving Afghanistan is in the national interest of the United States. After today's attack, do you believe you will authorize additional forces to respond to that attack inside Afghanistan? And are you, are you prepared to add additional forces to protect those Americans who remain on the ground carrying out the evacuation operation? I've instructed the military, whatever they need, if they need additional force, I will grant it. But the military from the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, the Joint Chiefs, Does he have trouble remembering the field, the, what the question and the answer all was contacted me one way or another, here? usually by letter, saying... Hey, hey G, real quick, and I know this is annoying and I hate doing it. Can you just rewind about five seconds? Listen to what he says here. But the military from... The chairman of the Joint Chiefs, the Joint Chiefs, the commanders in the field have all contacted me one way or another, usually by letter, 
by letter saying they subscribe to the mission is designed to get as many people out as we can within the time frame this guy is a lot of goof that is the best way they believe to get as many americans out as possible and others and what made me concerned about this by the way is the fact that um the way he says it i've instructed them to let me know if they need anything Um, that makes me think that you're kind of going some, you're going to go do something else while they take care of this problem. And then just, you right. know, if you need something, give me a call. Uh, that's not how, you know, that's not how the American people expect the commander in chief to be. They expect the commander in chief to be somebody like Donald Trump who would not sleep until, you know, he'd be in the situation room, directing things, talking to people. And yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and you know what? That's that's exactly what a president's supposed to do. That three o'clock in the morning, whether that call comes or not, he's still going to be awake because he's got to he's got to make sure that the American people are safe. Um, we'll do a quick break here. We've got the uh, audio issue fixed, so everybody's happy with that. Uh, join us live from Studio Six B dot com if you want to jump in the chat again. Live from Studio Six B, Real America's Voice. Stay there. We got a ton more to go. Live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice Thursday night. Thank you for joining us. Uh, We appreciate you making time in your schedule and fitting us in. Of course, Paul Nolan is here with news. Uh, Representative, New York State Representative Doug Smith is here. New York uh, 5th District. He's sitting in, hanging out with us, uh, discussing the day's events. Uh, kind of a kind of a tough day to uh, kind of walk into, Doug, but we appreciate you taking the time and joining us. So thank you for, uh, you know, your your view on things because you you mentioned that you uh you'd met with uh, mike pompeo last week yeah we had an event uh he was here in town uh for anybody at home who knows uh congressman lee zeldin who uh you know really stood by the president's side during a lot of uh tough times and yeah. has become an outspoken person on the foreign affairs committee he's running for the governor of the great state of new york so mike pompeo uh endorsed him and came out so we had some time to talk to him he, he had some interesting things to say but he's absolutely infuriated uh you know he said to all of us he said you know i'm sorry it's been such a long seven months and we said it's been a long week yeah. this week has been devastating yes it's been a tough and especially today on top of that kind of makes it a tough day now again i'm going to start with this because paul brought up a great point and you'll see what we're talking about in just a few moments here uh let's start with cut number five again g the sock tough day this evening in kabul as you all know terrorists attacked that we've been talking about and worried about, that the intelligence community has assessed, uh, has undertaken an attack by a group known as ISIS-K, took the lives of American service members, standing guard at the airport, and wounded several others seriously. All right, you you could stop it there. Isn't that inspiring? Doesn't that make you think, you yeah. know what, this guy is in charge, he's strong, he's decisive. Yeah, it's, it's inspiring if you can't sleep, you have insomnia, and you need an SMR tape, some AMSR with you know, something to knock you out cold. 
Are you kidding me with this? Pop? I mean, I don't want to be rude, but uh, during listening to this, I was a, actually a bit concerned because he does a moment of silence and you can hear him breathing into the microphone. Yeah. And I was a little bit concerned he might have COVID. And I, I don't mean that disrespectfully. You know, the former president contracted COVID, but yeah. that's a deep concern during this this crisis that we're facing. Yeah, so it's either, it's either that or he's got a deviated septum. Now, let's go to what we played last night um, life. From, from uh, that Paul had, had talked about. Uh, this is Jocko. Good evening. I wanted to give you an update on the current situation in Afghanistan. As you know, we were set to leave Afghanistan this month. And as we began the final drawdown, I made some critical errors. Namely, I underestimated the strength of the Taliban and I overestimated the strength and capability of the friendly Afghan forces. This was my fault. And due to my mistake, the Taliban has taken control of Afghanistan. There are reports now that ISIS and Al-Qaeda are working alongside them. Unfortunately, there are tens of thousands of Americans on the ground there, as well as friends and allies of America on the ground. And these people Americans and our allies are all stranded. And that is my fault. But they will not be stranded for long. In the next 48 hours, America will be in control of most major airports in Afghanistan. Any resistance we meet from the Taliban or otherwise, when we seize these airports, will be destroyed completely and without mercy. Okay, you can stop it there, uh, G. Um, now, it does get better here, though. Just so no, you know, where no, it really but, starts to amp up. But, but, like, I'm but, ready for like I'm ready for music and and like pomp and circumstance. <laughs> yeah, I know. But but that just, that's what I, the American people wanted to hear today. I think. Right, that's what we needed to hear. We needed to hear something like that. And what we got was Mr. Magoo. What we got was blame Trump. Right. What we got was, you know, exactly. You know, I'm I sorry, just think guys. we should give context here for people who didn't see that clip yesterday. This clip was being given as if it was Biden. Right. It's not coming directly from now, Trump. Now, is everybody hearing what you're saying there, G? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So the, and that's the thing. We set it up last night where this is what should be said. If I were president, right. that's that, what Jacko Willing said. That's, and I think people want to count. I think that's something that people want. They want somebody to take ownership. And he, he did that tepidly today, but it, it wasn't enough. Yeah. And, and speaking of which, we have a uh, let's get as much of this in as we can. Cut number nine here. Here's uh, Joe Biden when asked about the death of the soldiers from uh, Steve Ducey. Wait, 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 wait. Let me take the one question from the most interesting guy that I know in the press. That's you. Mr. President, there had not been a U.S. service member killed in combat in Afghanistan since February of 2020. You set a deadline, you pulled troops out, you sent troops back in, and now 12 Marines are dead. You said the buck stops with you. Do you bear any responsibility for the way that things have unfolded in the last two weeks? Now, now pause for a second, for... because remember what Jocko just said. He said, I made mistakes. That's what we need to hear a president say. That's that's the only answer he should be giving right now. But let, take a listen to this. Fundamentally, all that's happened of late. But here's the deal. Here's the you deal. You know, I wish you one day say these things. You know as well as I do 
that a former president Passing made a deal with the Taliban that you didn't he would get home. all American forces out of Afghanistan by May 1. In return, the commitment was made, and that was a year before. In return, he was given a commitment that the Taliban would continue to attack others, but would not attack any American forces. Remember that? I'm, I'm being serious. I, no, I, I'm asking you a question. Because before... No, 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 wait a minute. I'm asking you a question. Is that, is that accurate, the best of you or not? Mm -hmm. What? Wait a minute. Now, now puts his head oh down. Oh, my God. Look at this incorrigible brat. Just bizarre. It's, it's not I very presidential. You know, it's, they it's have a... an issue that people are likely to get hurt. Some, as we've seen, have gotten killed. And that it is messy. The reason why, whether my friend will acknowledge it or has reported it, the reason why there were no attacks on Americans, as you said, from the date until I came into office, was because the commitment was made by President Trump, I will be out by May 1st. In the meantime, you agree not to attack any Americans. And that no Americans were attacked until right. today, That's why which no is American because of his attacked. withdrawal. Right. Which has been a complete disaster. Which, because he broke the deal. He, he didn't hold them to account. Yeah, he didn't hold them accountable. There were conditions that the Trump administration set forward that yep. the Taliban did not meet. Right. So the, you don't meet these conditions. Deals change. You know, you make a promise and a commitment. Both sides need to uphold that. And uh, if ta the Taliban is not upholding some of those or, or those commitments, you... Yeah. Conditions change. Deals exactly. change. Don't blame it. And, and you're the boss. So you, you're the one who can make those changes. All you got to do is say the word. Continue on, G. You squarely stand by your decision to pull out. Yes, I do. Because look at it this way, folks. And I'm going to I have another meeting for real. Really? For but real. This is more uh, something. Dr. Lane, too much. Where we'd be if I had indicated on May the 1st, I was not going to renegotiate a evacuation date we were going to stay there i'd have only one alternative pour thousands of more troops back into afghanistan to fight a war that we had already won relative to why the reason we went in the first place all right you could you could wrap it up there because he's gonna he, he takes it down this road that's nonsensical we all know there was only 2500 uh, I believe it was non-combat troops because most of the combat troops were were taken out. Uh, so they were basically they were just acting as a buffer, you know, holding things together for the Afghan forces, giving them backup, giving them intelligence, keeping them together. Um, but but not this, you know. Oh, I had one choice, and this guy is it, his fault. He made the deal. Stop it! What a child! All right, that's uh puts a wraps on hour number one we're going to change things up in hour number two of course we'll come back to a little bit more of this see what else is going on again thank you for joining us on a thursday night live from studio 6b right here on real america's voice stay there
right, live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice Dish Network, Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 240. Also find us on Samsung TV Plus, Channel 1029, along with the Roku channel. We're on all the socials, of course. You can also find us on our brand new home online, live from Studio6B.com, where you can engage in the chat. We're always, uh, we're always seeing some great comments. A lot of activity tonight, especially. People are, uh, you know what, there's a lot to talk about. People are a little ticked off, and uh, we welcome the chatter. So bring it there. Say hello to Red Pill. Say hello to uh, CrossFit Girl, to Pete, to TX Cow Tipping. All the uh, the usual faves are there, uh, along with Roxanne and, uh, you know, Undead, Unvaxxed. I like that guy. Uh, anyhow. And I know there's another Doug Smith. I'm not that Doug Smith. There's multiple Smiths. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch, bunch of different people. Beth from Virginia. So thank you for uh, joining us on the chat. And and again, if you are looking for some 6B swag, especially if you're sending the kids off back to school, uh, 6bshirts.com. That's 6bshirts.com. And uh, go get some stuff. And speaking of school, um, I know, Paul, uh, I showed up a little late last night, and, and you were uh, doing a terrific job. Driving the show along, it was fun. And uh, but I was at my own, uh, you know. And Damon and I had mentioned it a, about a week or so ago that, you know, with school coming up in New York State, schools are getting ready to start in the next few weeks. Um, there was talk of you know different mandates and how they're going to open, and you know we've seen we've seen the stuff from all around the country. These board of education meetings, they you know people are starting to really show up at and get vocal and make their voices heard. And, uh, you know, parents are, are, are flexing their muscles, so to speak. And, and that was the situation I kind of found myself in last night uh, where I attended a school board meeting myself. And uh, I know that's in your wheelhouse, Doug, because uh, yep. you're, you're in the, you, you sit in the... Uh... Yeah, I'm the ranking Republican on the Education Committee, and I'm a okay. former teacher. <laughs> so I spent time uh, teaching. I'm a math teacher, I should say. Actually, I'm told to say that because if I say I'm a teacher, they think I'm liberal. But when I say math teacher, they say, oh, I must be conservative. <laughs> right. <laughs> or, or at least there's hope that you're not a liberal. Yeah, a little yeah. bit of hope. <laughs> yeah. So. No, but it's, uh, yeah, people need to show up more, and it's good that you did that. Right, and, and you know, being a math teacher, you know that numbers don't lie. People do, or, or Democrats do, as I like to say. Um, but, yeah, I found myself, uh, you know, because they're talking about a mask mandate. And, again, you sit there, and you're like, uh, what are you talking? Uh, do you guys not read science? Is I know, I know you love, you know, listening to, to the overlords coming out of D.C., um, most of the unelected types. And this is what they're they're dealing with. And of course, now we've got a brand new governor as well who, you know, signaled, hey, she wants all the kids in masks throughout New York State schools. So, of course, this came up. This was the main meeting. This is the main issue for this meeting because it was an emergency meeting that was held. And as my duty submits... I decided I needed to speak up on behalf of my kids and, uh, you know, uh, their friends and, and what we think is right, along with a bunch of other parents. And uh, they they actually record this and put it up. <laughs> so we have a couple clips from it. Um, this is cut number 16. Gee, this I this, can't wait to see. This me is too. me at the, me at the board meeting. I need something to laugh and smile at. I really hope <laughs> you gave them hell. Thanks for having this emergency uh, meeting that you're having here. What I'd like to read for, for you um, is something called Masks Don't Work, and it's a review of science, science relevant to the COVID-19 social policy. Now, throughout this extraordinarily long article, 
It cites science throughout the entire article. We're talking studies that have been done as far back as 2004 to current day that all come to the same conclusion and I'll read you a portion of it. There have been extensive randomized controlled trial studies, RCTs, and meta-analysis reviews of RCT studies, which all show that masks and respirators do not work to prevent respiratory influenza-like illnesses or respiratory illnesses believed to be transmitted by droplets or aerosol particles. So what does that mean? That means what you have on your face right now is not doing a bloody thing. It can't. It's not designed to. Again, that comes from science. Science that the makers of those masks have actually put on the box. When you buy it, you'll see it, it won't help you. Uh, there was also an update to this study done in August of 2020 that there still is no evidence justifying mandatory masks. Here are key anchor points of that extensive scientific literature. And if you like, I can send you the link because there's a lot of stuff here from Cambridge and such. Again, studies that have been done throughout the years, studying masks, their ineffectiveness, the use of surgical masks to reduce the incidence of common cold among healthcare workers in Japan, uh, demonstrated that N95 masks were significantly more likely to experience headaches. So if you use those masks, you're going to suffer headaches. Face masks used in HCW are not demonstrated to provide any benefit in terms of cold symptoms or getting colds, which we all know that's a form of coronavirus. Uh, also, out of Cambridge, face masks to prevent transmission of influenza virus, a systematic review. None of the studies reviewed here showed a benefit of wearing a mask, either in HCW or community members in households. You can see those tablets. Again, I can forward you this, and you guys can click away on these links. It'll take you a few hours like it took that's, me. That would be great. Um, and it would be wonderful, because Basically, what we're dealing with is, and this is something I remember from childhood, and maybe you remember it as well, that when you go to a doctor, and let's refer to Dr. Fauci here. He's a doctor, okay. When was the last time he saw patients? We don't know. But I can tell you this. I always have heard, you always get a second opinion. And not only do we have second opinions on terms of mass, we have dozens of opinions that differ from the one that we're listening to. So, you know, when, before you want to strap on a, a, a diaper to a child's face, consider the fact that, number one, it doesn't work. Even Dr. Fauci has admitted he does it all for show. I've got a video I can send to you as well where you see him take the mask off after the camera goes off, and he just stands there. Why? Because he knows it doesn't work. He said so himself back before it became political. So in moving forward, like I said, um, I can send you all this. You probably might not want to read it, but it's, it, it's definitely worth your time and as far as your education, because if you think that the, uh, the mass work, all you're doing is causing problems, not only psychological, but also other types of problems for kids. There have been studies done where these masks carry bacteria that, that, <laughs> that ends up being a lot worse, and we all know the survival rate. Survival rate overall is 99.96. That's overall. For kids, it's even lower. It's near zero. So for you to think that this is going to be doing something um, kind of strikes me as odd because it doesn't seem to follow the science. And I'll leave you with that. So if you like, I will send this to you all, and you can have a copy of it. And again, review the actual science. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. That was great. Well, no, no. <laughs> Thank you.
Did you were respectful and you I was respectful. laid out the case. Yep. And the one thing I missed, and it was something I jotted down and I have totally forgot to read it, because I, I, I wanted to quote the great Dan Bongino uh, when he says, you know, I wanted to leave you with, uh, if masks really work, why aren't, aren't masks working? Right. We wouldn't you know? have this issue. Exactly. But that wasn't, that wasn't all because a couple other people spoke up and, and all the parents there, it wasn't a big crowd. Again, it was a last minute kind of thing. I expect a bigger crowd next week when they're supposed to quote unquote render their decision uh, and take a vote. Uh, I really parents, hope you go again and stand up like that because yeah. very few people can get in front of a room full of people and read an article and read the science so articulately, so clearly, so concisely, and so directly pointedly at a bunch of goofy bureaucrats who just have no idea what they're doing. They just think, they just think if they follow the marching orders, they'll, they'll fit right in with the crowd. Right. And And you want to host the show again. And and they were all, you know, sitting there with their masks on and and didn't want, I do have to say for the other parents that showed up and spoke, they were very, very well prepared. They were articulate. They were passionate. And, uh, you know, you start, like I said, you're seeing this around the country. And, you know, if you don't think you can make a difference, please get to your local board of education meeting. If there's something you feel that is wrong that you want to make sure your voice is heard, it all starts right there on the local level and you grow it out from there. Now, I wasn't done. Common Core? I mean, that started with people showing up to their local school board meetings and talking about it. Critical race theory. The fact is... There's been a large retreat on that because people are showing up to their local school board meetings. Yeah, and, and you know what? And, and then, of course, as things were wrapping up, Paul, I uh, I decided, you know what? They they had some que- They said, you know, does anybody have any questions? And I'm like, oh, you know what? I think I do. I'm and rolling. so so I, I went back to the podium. This is cut number seventeen. G. Quick question, because I think I think uh, you said you're going to be making a, an informed decision very soon. When when will we, the parents? know about this decision do you have a date in mind when you're gonna as uh, the board president just shared with you at the august 31st meeting we've presented the plan i wasn't to paying attention public at that point. and to the board of education <laughs> they'll be voting on it on the 31st on the 31st so next what is that tuesday tuesday all right are you going to be having a meeting with that vote yes yeah, yeah that's our general uh, okay and is it going to business meeting yeah, okay is it going to be here it's here yeah, it's it here? Be here it's been on the calendar for all a right. while and, okay, I'm going to throw this out there. It might be a little uncomfortable to hear. Um, what is the uh, process if, say, the parents decide we don't like your decision? Um, this is not really a part for a question and answer. If you have a question and you'd like to address it to me. Meanwhile, they were answering all the questions about that, and I would happy to respond to you offline. Okay. So there's, there's a specific process we can go through that yes. the parents can contact you? Sure. All right. And is there also a specific process in terms of having anyone replaced? I'm sorry, I'm not sure what you mean by that. Replace on the board. Again. Because, again, the, the, we're the parents. These are the kids. This is just public So, and again, I, it's just Rick, a question. It's just a question. Okay. We can ask a question. It's okay. We just... Uh, in the meeting. But there, there's an election. But is there a process to to have anyone removed? And I and I think that's a fair question, right? (laughs) I mean, to be on ethical. uh, You could certainly look that up. Okay. We will. All right. I'm sure it's probably in there somewhere. We'll dig it out. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. I just wanted to ask that question. All right. Thank you. That was very nice of you to reopen the meeting. Yes. Thanks. Renee. 
I don't know why there was such a flutter there because, well, I think I know why, obviously, but it's clearly there is an answer to that question. Is right. there a process to either recall, to remove, to, you know, and they, they could say, we don't know, we'll get back to you. But they're not going to say, well, uh, we're not at that point. No, no, no. That was the question. It's written somewhere. Maybe you don't no, know the answer. we're at that point. You may not be at the point. Right. The, the question would really be, all right, where can we find the protocols right. to remove the people we feel are serving our children poorly? And starting with each one of your names, do we know, will right. we know who voted what way? And right. uh, I just want to know who voted uh, to keep the mask on the children and who said don't. Right. And the people who said don't can stay. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, so I, I can't I wait for my Tuesday. board meeting. I can't <laughs> wait. I'm not going to be as nice as you because you were very classy. That was very impressive. Well, you know, I got, you got to start somewhere. I, I can be a jerk next Tuesday. <laughs> All right. That just about does it for this segment. I just want to, you know, kind of get you guys up to speed. Because, again, that's something that, uh, you know, we're all passionate about. We'll do some more. Uh, we got some stuff about recalling Governor Newsom coming up. We'll do that in a little bit. Stay there. Live from Studio 6B on My Real America's pillow, Voice. LFS 6B. <laughs> I could use a new pillow. Studio 6B on Real America's Voice, and uh, yeah, if you just uh, if you're just joining us, you just missed that I played, uh, you know, my own appearance at a school board meeting, you know, for our, uh, for our. Kids. Oh, stop your grandstanding! No one went anywhere for God's sakes. Well, you know we what? Told you how terrific you were. Now we're gonna go through the horn again. Well, you Let's know play what? It again. <laughs> you know what it was? <laughs> Gee, roll it. You know what happened though? Is that uh, what do you call it? Once I was done, I walked away. I guess. Uh, this is what happened. One of the school board members had this to say. Cut number 18, G. I just, I just want to be very clear for the record that no employee was involved in the uh, neo-Nazi propaganda incident. That, that is incorrect. <laughs> um, that is a reference to a pre-existing <laughs> investigation that was not concluded and it. now has since concluded. And no SUSD employee was involved. Jesus Christ, people. <laughs> Wow. I, I'm sure that was muttered under the breath of, uh, of those people that, uh, that, 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 I, that I basically said, Wait hey, how do I have it. you fired from your job? Wait um, for it. Jesus Christ, these effing <laughs> people. people. I mean, I have to say, so one of the things that I do in New York, we have a governing board of education for the state. It's called the Board of Regents. And, you know, I'm on the education committee in the state assembly. So we actually hold interviews for who these prospective people are, are going to be. And again, it's an unpaid role. It's a state role. You set policy. And uh, so when we do this interview process, there was one time and we, you know, we make kind of funny comments in between. But one one of the days our mics were still going, apparently, <laughs> in the live stream. You know, and we were saying, you know, I'm sitting there going, oh, my God, this feels like Shark Tank. These people are coming up, pitching us on the. <laughs> and then we realized, oh, that was a hot mic. <laughs> so those are, I think those things do happen, but. 
Yeah, uh, well, you know what? <laughs> they happened I've here. I've never said something they ha- that They happened at the end of the first segment where we got, we got caught on Samsung TV yeah. <laughs> saying all kinds of stuff that we didn't know were on the air. Oh, really? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Remember they said the clock was off when there was the glitching? Yeah. Yeah, we were talking Oops. about uh, political correctness. And is it? <laughs> oh, that. Oh, yeah. Uh, I certainly Eat the whole sausage. that video no. on surface. <laughs> hey, you know what? And speaking of recalling, because, you know, you, you want to look to replace these people, these 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 little tyrants. There are many tyrants, really, on oh the school board that need to be replaced. But there's a gigantic tyrant. One tyrant just got replaced, thankfully, in New York State. He's out. But now we got to worry about, you know, you know, you know, the new the new governor who looks like she's perpetually scared at all times with those eyebrows. <laughs> she looks she's like she's alarmed. horrified. She's surprised. Yeah, she's all scared right. all the time. Um, well, that could just be a bad Botox deal, but, <laughs> you know, to me, I just want to make one point here. Yeah. Like, some people, they get a little taste of power, and they, and oh, they just goodness. lose it. So, I... I I just can't understand why I'm not in the big boy seat. I want the seat. I have no. I'm oh, by the way, the politics at the school board level is like it oh, is brutal. Caddy, the stuff caddy, that is said in these campaigns, you can't even imagine. I'm, I'm a yeah. state. I represent 135,000 people, and I'm paid, and I spend 70 days a year in Albany fighting for the different things. It's kind of like a mini Congress, but it's not. It pales in comparison to what happens. And this is an unpaid role that meets once a month. Right. And albeit it's a very serious job, but it gets nasty yeah and and they take it extremely seriously yeah and, and i'm glad that they're serious believe me oh, yeah. uh, you know what you want the serious people in there but you want people that are serious about what's best for the kids what's right. best for the district exactly what's best for everyone exactly. instead of their own personal ideologies and uh you know this is what i think and it's it's like this is what i feel right worship. and right I'll tell you this, from the other side of that spectrum, I've had people get elected to the school board, and I'm generally friendly with everybody. It's not a political thing, so half the time, I don't even know. There's 56 elected school board members in my assembly district, so I deal with all of them, pretty much, and uh, I don't know their persuasion one way or another, but uh, some of them get elected, and then I hear, you know, this isn't what I expected. And I'm like, what, what do you mean what you expected? Some people think it's like a Facebook group, and it's like, no, 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 this is a multi-million dollar budget <laughs> right. educating thousands of students. Yeah. Uh, uh, what do you mean I have to show up? <laughs> yeah, That's a lot of work. Expected. I, I thought I was just going to be revered by my community and not right. have to do a thing. Right. And, and just, you know, you get, you get a little, where's my office? Do I get a, where, where's my, my board of education mansion? You know, <laughs> that's what some right. of these people think. That all, it, it, it's like they have this, this idea of, well, now I have, I got elected. And honestly, I have power. Where's my vehicle? Where's if you my want to know how somebody's going to be, give them a little bit of a little taste of power yeah. over something, and you'll you'll see pretty quick who they really are. Right. And uh, speaking of recalls, um, of course, California is happening. We've seen some shady stuff already. I don't know, Paul. Have you seen some of the shady oh, stuff? Oh yes, yeah. all it. kinds of video of people stealing boxes, drug dealer with uh, with three hundred. Uh, ballots it's crazy yeah well well this is what happened uh at one of the airports in california this is cut number 19 this is how serious they are about getting rid of gavin newsom check this out Please meet your party at 
So obviously <laughs> somebody used the thing where you put it, you call in and say, can you please page this person? And the, the name was Recall Newsom. That's great. <laughs> That's great. I love stuff like that. And, and it's gotten so bad in California that now even the pretty people have turned against the pretty governor. <laughs> Yes, uh, Instagram models. Instagram models, I guess. No. Yes. No. Influencers. Well, see some of them. Influencers. This is cut 20. Check this out. Recall Gavin Newsom. The voting has started. If you live in the state of California, let's please get this guy out of office. He has done so much damage to our state, and there isn't a point of return right now. So the best thing to do is vote. I don't care if you vote Democrat or Republican. Let's just get this guy out and get our state back to where it um. needs to don't vote no to keep somebody in power that has literally trashed the state because we need to show them that this is not about Democrat versus Republican. Really okay, so and fun? just like we're here recalling <laughs> this governor to get out, we can recall any governor to get out. I don't want to be we work together. Check this out. I voted for Newsom because I hated Trump so much. And How'd now I'm voting yeah. against him. So if you That's want to weird. save the state of California, <laughs> shut you up need the pretty to girls talking. Yes. <laughs> and let me tell you something. Celebrities that are going to try to persuade you to do or vote a certain way. You mean like you? Listen to your heart. Don't don't do something because somebody else, some celebrity, is talking about it, or some celebrity did something. Um, they don't live the same way. Everybody else lives. See, you know, sure. <laughs> that's, that's do you funny. see what these influencers make? Oh, they do. Oh, I yeah. mean, some of them make like a hundred thousand dollars a week. They it's make insane, insane money. Yeah. What obviously, are we doing wrong? Uh, you know what? Obviously, those two don't, or else they'd be. They, they, <laughs> Good point. They'd be they wouldn't be doing it. that. They'd be like, "Hey, we're we're with Gavin. You know, we're woke." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know if you saw Jennifer Aniston. I will not talk to people anymore if they're not vaxxed. The people who aren't vaxxed will not be in my life anymore. <laughs> well, guess what? I guess she's got a new show coming out of something. <laughs> right. So she's just kissing butt to the establishment. Weird. <laughs> so, so there you have it. If you are walking through a, uh, an airport in California, why not try that trick? <laughs> just go on there and say, hey, I need to page someone. Sure. What's the name? Recall Newsom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They'll like play it. it. And, of course, all you Instagram models, thank you so much for your support. You contribute so much to society. See what yeah. happened? Mean tweets? See what mean tweets get you? Yeah. You I will say, I got tweeted a lot of mean things, so I feel like the, the uh, you know, uh, what's-her-face, that uh, singer that always, <laughs> Taylor Swift. I'm like, oh, my God. She oh, does she hate you? Does she mean tweet you? No, I get mean tweeted by everybody. I'm like, uh -huh. oh, haters going to hate. <laughs> you know, all the other <laughs> assembly people look at me and go, what the heck, Doug? <laughs> well, we want to see what not to say. We look at you. <laughs> people <laughs> yeah, you're the, you're the influencer of, not, guess. of what not to say. <laughs> <laughs> way to way to go! I, I think that that's going to make a great bumper sticker for you, Doug. <laughs> it pisses off the socialists. So. Right, exactly. Sorry, not sorry. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we got a few more things to cover. We got some vaccine stuff to cover as well, um, along with uh, I think we got a couple more questions of the resident and his stumbling and bumbling. We might get to that. Stay there. Live from Studio Six B on Real America's Voice.
Fry live from Studio 6B on a Thursday night. And again, thank you so much for joining us. Whether you're uh, watching on Dish Network, Pluto TV, Channel 240, Samsung TV Plus, Channel 1029. Maybe you're on the Roku channel. Maybe you're just online watching on us, watching us on our on. on all new online home live from studio6b.com and chatting away which we always appreciate and uh we appreciate that so thank you for doing that uh paul nolan's here with news i know you got a few things you wanted to make sure we hit upon paul so let's jump over to you i just want to talk about the power of our community and what we're, we're capable of doing um glenn beck over at the blaze his his uh audience has raised 22 million dollars in two two days to rescue Christians trapped in Afghanistan. Um, I think it's just incredible. Um, I'll keep it quick there, but, um, you know, it's just an incredible amount of money in a short period of time. And, you know, the story is very interesting, so go to The Blaze and check it out. Our friends over there really do a great job. Yeah, and what they're going to do is try and, uh, you know, basically do their own airlift, right? They're going to try and subsidize, you know, pay pay whoever they have to do to... Exactly Get right. people out. Send them private uh, contractors. Again, it, it reminds me of uh, Clay Travis. You know, he stepped up to do what the government was supposed to do. Um, you know, helping small businesses try and stay afloat. Yeah. And now you've got, you know, people that, that are watching Glenn Beck's show stepping up and saying, you know, what? we're going we're gonna to do what the government's supposed to do. And not give an arbitrary date and just say, we're going to do it, you know, we'll, we'll help out as best we can to get as many people out of there as possible as soon as possible. And not yeah. this, you know, and, and they keep trying to change that narrative of, well, you know, it's the people that want to leave. Stop with that. <laughs> Who, who would want to stay? That was incredible when they said that, by the way. Yeah, so they're, so they're, they're making this contrast that there are some Americans that somehow want to stay. But then if you heard them, they said there's millions of uh, the Afghani people that want to leave. Right. I don't think there's any Americans that think it's safe well, to stay Well, I mean, there's some pretty good business opportunities. There. I was thinking about buying a three-bedroom in the heart of Kabul. <laughs> they're going cheap. So that's probably what a lot of people are doing, sticking around. Like parts of New York estate. City with right. the crime wave. Maybe, op- maybe open a cafe. Well, yeah, yeah, because now now they've got... They I won't guess, have any internet, but... They, 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 <laughs> right. they got a Sorry. couple of open roofs and open walls, you know, so you can really blow things out. Right. You, and you can, expand. Right, without a doubt. You can have that open air feeling. Right. You know, and, and this is still all so disgusting that, you know, giving up the names of Americans and Afghan allies, I mean, it's just, it's just incredible to me. I can't believe what a boondoggle this whole thing is. And, and not only that, sharing intelligence. I've also heard that as well. That's been reported a few different places. And it was said, I think, I want to say by, I think it was General Milley, that they're sharing intelligence with the Taliban about potential attacks. Uh, excuse, right, uh, excuse you? What? So you're, you're, you're sharing intelligence with people you were just bombing a few weeks ago who've been our enemy for the last 20 years. Now you're sharing intelligence about a potential or potential terrorist attacks that you've heard about. Meanwhile, they just happen to be friends with those guys. Okay. That seems to make a lot of sense. And when Joe Biden trails off and he talks about, uh, he says, well, if if, uh, bin Laden had existed in Yemen, we'd be in Yemen. You wouldn't even know about Afghanistan. And in fact, this is what he says. He says the Taliban would still be ruling there and no one would think the difference. So what difference does it make? It reminds me of that Hillary Clinton. What difference does it make? Um, 
devastating. I, I just for all the uh, people who served our country, who gave life, limb, and everything, the families, they are angry because they know exactly what's uh, you know who's to blame in this in this instance. Right, and, and again, still things are happening, things are developing as we speak. We'll find out more, of course. As it goes along, uh, we're going to play this, though. This is a face-to-face interview that NBC had with the leader of the Taliban, or or one of the leaders of the Taliban. I guess there are many different uh, wings and factions and different uh, parts of it. This is cut number 11. Yeah, different variant. Cut number 11. At Kabul airport this morning, these may be among the last Afghans getting out. The United States and partners from around the world are scrambling to take out thousands more Afghans by Tuesday. But soon the foreign troops will have to be evacuating themselves too. So the window is closing for Afghans to get on flights. And not everyone will make it. Last night, I spoke to Zabiullah Mujahid, the Taliban spokesman and a senior official. He arrived with an armed entourage. He's been doing interviews by phone in hiding for years. This is one of his first ever one-on-one face-to-face interviews. The United States is evacuating and it is taking out Americans who worked with U.S. forces, but not everyone is going to be able to make it out. Will you let those people leave in the future? Can you guarantee their safety? We don't want our countrymen to go to America. Whatever they have done in the past, we have given them amnesty. We need young, educated professionals for our nation. But if they want to leave, it's their choice. What would you say to women, Afghan women, who are terrified? They are our sisters. We must show them respect. They should not be frightened. The Taliban are humans and from this country. They have fought for their country. Women should be proud of us, not scared. There are already reports of Taliban fighters taking young women, unmarried women, as brides, forced brides. There have been reports of people going into homes. This is propaganda from the old regime. We have no evidence of a single case. This war started when Osama bin Laden, as a guest of the Taliban, organized 9-11 attacks. Can you guarantee that this country will never again be a base for terrorism? When Osama bin Laden became an issue for the Americans, he was in Afghanistan. Although there was no proof he was involved, now we have given promises that Afghan soil won't be used against anyone. You still don't think that Osama bin Laden carried out 9-11? There is no evidence. Even after 20 years of war, we have no proof he was involved. So it sounds like even now, after all of this, you're accepting no responsibility. There was no justification for this war. It was excuse for war. How are you feeling right now after 20 years and the Americans are leaving. The withdrawal is almost finished. These are our happiest moments. After the interview, we made our way to the airport. Inside the airport, the evacuations are moving along. I mean, <laughs> but the mood is somber. These are Afghans who don't take the Taliban at their word, escaping while they still can. Getting out of Kabul is only the first step in this process. Then they come to countries like Qatar or Germany, where they are processed. That can be extremely lengthy. State Department officials here say they are seeing many, many people arrive, not a lot of correct documentation. Yeah. I give him a lot of credit for whole, for doing that, to go there to do that. But, I mean, 
that was a complete lie. I mean, <laughs> you know, to take these people at their words. I mean, I guess it's good to document it for posterity, but uh, these people are criminals. Yeah, and it's it, they'll just use that. They'll turn yep. around and use that as propaganda. No doubt. You know, uh, uh, oh, there's there's no evidence of uh, Osama bin Laden. Uh, uh, actually, there is. It's on right. video of him. You know, <laughs> taking credit for for what happened. I don't agree. Um, so I disagree with you. I, I uh, to me, if you have a look into it, I, I disagree with you. I'm, I'm, I really don't want to go down this rabbit hole. But if you really do your homework on this, the thought that the official narrative of 9/11 went down the way it did, I'm not buying it. No way. No way. Osama bin Laden. We, we talk about his his history with the CIA and his family's history with the Saudis and the war machine. You really. They served him up on a plate. So let's not even go down this road. To me, I think propaganda comes in all shapes and sizes. We can never, ever let our ideologies let us believe what we want just to protect our, our own, you know. Well, right now, I mean, they're talking about implementing Sharia law immediately. Well, I'm not uh, saying so Taliban is good. Oh, no, so no, 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 I'm not, no, no. I'm just saying that, uh, you know, when they're talking about what Sharia law is and how it, you know, that that should concern, it certainly concerns the people trying to cling on to the outside of uh, American aircraft, you know, so that's, uh, I, I Listen, just think. there is no doubt that the regime will be completely brutal. There's no doubt. I am not, I'm not in any situation where I'm going to be, saying that I'm not forgiving the Taliban in any way or ISIS or any one of these incredibly oppressive groups. They're horrifying. There's no doubt about it. But let's not pretend for a second that propaganda doesn't come oh, from the Western media. Well, and that's, and that's exactly why they'll, they'll use an interview like that, right. to, as Rick said, to advance their cause. Especially because it's on a major network. That was NBC. NBC. One you of know, the big... that's, that's one of the big three. Yep. And, uh, yeah, it, regardless of, of, you know, what you think of it, they just basically gave them a three-minute commercial. Yeah. Of, hey, you know what? We're not that. Yeah, yeah, no, we, we, we need the best and the brightest to stay here in this country. But if they want to leave, they can leave. Well, but we'll it's, almost like, yeah. it's, well, it's almost like, yeah, you want to leave, go ahead. Yeah, well, it's like uh, Goodfellas. <laughs> right. Nazis exactly. can't leave. Right. You know, look, I, look I'm not – it's not for a second do I – believe you know i just don't believe anything anymore i mean i i just think that the global elite have such a, a stronghold on every piece of information that we hear see believe smell touch everything is is infested with propaganda no no doubt because because we've seen it we've seen it over the last um what since 2016 we saw the the propaganda of oh it was the russians uh they they swung the the you know Donald Trump is a, an agent for the Russians. Right. Some, somehow, this guy who's who's seventy years old, he he flew under the radar all this time. But all this time, he's been an agent for the Russians. Oh, right. Oh, okay. Yeah, he pulled that one off. He's he's like the Chuck Barris. Yeah. You know. After becoming that successful, right. I'm sure he you know somehow he flew under the radar. The American Nobody dream. Knew he was working with the Russians this whole time. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so it's, yeah, we've seen the propaganda all over the place in all different shapes and sizes, but it's always coming from the media. A great book, by the way. 
for, about the 2016 elections uh, that I would highly recommend. It's called Shattered, and it was a group of reporters that were actually embedded with the Hillary Clinton campaign and what they intended, because you remember, everybody assumed she was going to win. She was going to win. It, it was a decided thing. They had the Javits Center, and they right. had the fireworks all planned. Oh, my goodness. So the book was actually originally going to be called Shattered, being that she would have been the first female president, shattering the glass ceiling, <laughs> but it was an apropos name because they go through, and they it's hundreds of hours of interviews, but they break it down into this book, and it, it catalogs how horrible the Hillary Clinton campaign was. And at the end, and this this was interesting because I read this book when it first came out, they talked about meetings with Hillary where then at the end she, she said she had to explain it, and she said, oh, it must be Russia must be involved. And then, I, I swear to God, after reading this book, for months and months and months after, during Trump's almost entire presidency, they were advancing this Russia narrative, and you can see exactly where that came from. And I thought it was fascinating because the people writing the book, I don't think, thought that that would have, you know. You know, uh, to, to touch on that subject, um, if you remember, how many times did she talk about the popular vote? Yep. And yes. Think about all the places where the bellwethers she lost. Think about all the things that she lost, all the major, like, yep. you know, uh, Florida, Ohio. And then you think about the numbers that came in in the same places of stuffed ballots, when you look at the amount of really could have been fraudulent votes, because we know that this has been going on for a long time since the Diebolt machines and the Bush family in 2000, right against Gore, um, right? We saw it again, right? Then we was, was it Gore? Or I can't remember, but, uh, yeah, we've been seeing people messing with elections for a long time now in, well, throughout the history of mankind. So when you look at her crying and moaning about the popular vote over and over and over and over, she never expected to lose because they thought they right. had the thing rigged then, too. Yeah. And they honestly thought that they it was a they never expected the groundswell of people were going to be up to say we want a non-politician yeah. because we're so sick of you establishment animals. Which, to be honest, I really think when they oh, we're running out of time. Yeah, we're running out of time. Hey, just a quick update, though, uh, for anybody who is uh, interested. Uh, especially you, Mr. Biden. Uh, just to let you know, Taliban now has more Black Hawk helicopters than 85% of the countries in the world. Way to go. American exceptionalism on display. Uh, we'll be back, wrap up the show. Got a couple more clips to get to right after this, right here. Live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. Stay there. Studio 6B on Real America's Voice in a dark day in our nation's history, unfortunately. Um, you know, we, I, I think we've, we've covered a lot of it. Of course, there's going to be more to come. Probably dive into more of it tomorrow as things continue to unfold. Hopefully, uh, there'll be no more that we'll see happening. And uh, it's, it's, it's tough to, to be that optimistic when you know that the people that are involved over there, uh, they all don't like us. You know, whether they don't like each other doesn't matter. Right. The enemy of, the, of my enemy is my friend. So they'll, they'll work with each other mm. for the, the end goal, and, and that's to attack us. And then, of course, they'll, they'll deal with each other at a later date when they see it's beneficial for them. 
Um, I just think the picture gets way worse than this because now the alliance that we'll see between Afghanistan and Iran and the pipeline of oil that'll go and yep. go through there, then it, that not only will it go to Iran, then the shipping lanes will go through Iran, and then the lithium and the cadmium and the other resources will end its way over to the, you know, that one so belt, one road initiative, and it's going to go float through uh, the whole, you know, South Pacific, and we're going to, you know, we're just... By the way, it is kind of interesting because they were talking about this a little bit earlier today that uh, the fact is the the way that this broke down, the Taliban was able to meet and discuss with China yeah. and a lot of these other countries right. uh, with respect to the U.S. and allied NATO forces pulling out. Uh, so, I, you know, it'd be fascinating to know what was said in those meetings. Well, you know? yeah, we could ask Hunter Biden if he can take a break from his <laughs> pipe. But, uh, you know, think about it. Like, if there's the reports now that Iran is going to commission China to make a bunch of anti-aircraft um, ships to stay off the coast. So that could really, ex uh, you know, hurt our ability to take, you know, an, an aerial look at what's going on. I mean, it's... It, it's frightening to see what a geopolitical strategic point that we just lost right. and the way we lost it. If there was some, you know, I, I don't understand any of it, to be honest with you. I can't understand any of it. Yeah, it, it's almost like when you see like a still, still body of water just sitting there and you drop a pebble. Yep. And you see, oh, the initial plop. But then you watch the ripple. And, and what we're seeing, what, what Paul's basically talking about is that ripple effect, yeah, how that's... it's going to affect everything, not even in, not only in that region, but like you mentioned with China um, and how that's going to affect us, because everything affects us, unfortunately. And especially when you're think, dealing with, with uh, you know, that part of the world. Uh, another thing that affects us, one thing I wanted to get to before we close out tonight is, uh, again, kind of. You know, we don't want you to lose focus. This is very hyper-focused stuff, and it's great for, you know, certain people to say, hey, let's direct your attention this way. Yep. Do not lose sight of the other things, the CRT, the um, the mass mandates, the, the, the vaccine stuff, um, them trying to paint Americans as, you know, hey, if you voted for Trump, guess what? You're now a homegrown terrorist. Watch those narratives as well. Oh, you and again, kidding. talking right about on. the vaccines, the vaccines and the FDA, the big headline. I'm reading it right here. CNBC, FDA grants full approval to the Pfizer Bio, BioNTech COVID shot, clearing the path for vaccine, uh, vaccine mandates. That sounds great, right? Sounds like, sounds like they, they approved the shot. Um not so fast, because once you start diving into it, they issued two letters, and, and this is from uh, Bannon's War Room pandemic. He had Dr. Robert Malone on, and he had this to say about that whole, the, the way the whole thing went down with the vax and the FDA approval. This is cut number 14, G. They've authorized the use of a vaccine does that vaccine currently exist if i want to walk down not that i'll do it but if i want to walk down to the doctor and get the vaccine Listen can i actually this. get the one that quote quote has this kind of sketchy shady fda approval is that available right now to the best of your knowledge sir it's absolutely not available so the the little trick that they've done here is they have issued two separate letters for two separate vaccines the Pfizer vaccine, which is what is currently available, is still under emergency use authorization, and it still has the liability shield. The, 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 once again, the mainstream media has lied to you. 
I'm sorry to say that. I know it's a shock to this readership. But the, the product that's licensed is the BioNTech product, which is substantially similar, but not necessarily identical. It's called uh, Comernity. I think that's how it's pronounced. Comernity. And it's not yet available. They haven't started manufacturing it or labeling it. And uh, that's the one that the liability waiver will no longer apply to. So the one that's actually licensed is not yet available. And when it does become available, it will no longer have the liability shield. In the interim, the one that does have the liability shield is the Pfizer product, and that's what's currently available, and it's still under emergency use authorization. So that's no change. Okay. The press has just not done their work and figured out what's actually yeah. going on here. Yeah. So, so, so uh, a little surprising to hear that, but this guy is an expert. He, he's, he develops this kind of stuff, um, and he kind of pulls it apart and shows you that, yeah, when they say, oh, Pfizer got FDA approval, great. The Pfizer-BioNTech uh, vaccine got approval. But that, like he said, it's not in production. It's not available. It won't be available for some time. And the only one that's still available still has the name Pfizer, but it's not the one that has the FDA approval. And again, you have to dig a little deeper into what they did here to catch the old bait and switch. And it's kind of eerily familiar to something we discussed about a month or so ago here on the show. And this was taken from the 60 Minutes episode. I think it was in 1979 with um, Mike Wallace from 60 Minutes about the swine flu vaccine. I grabbed the clip of this because once I heard this from Dr. Malone, it immediately made me think of this. Cut number uh, 15, G, go. Now, nearly everyone was to receive the shot in a public health facility where a doctor might not be present. Therefore, it was up to the CDC to come up with some kind of official consent form, giving the public all the information it needed about the swine flu shot. This form stated that the swine flu vaccine had been tested. What it didn't say was that after those tests were completed, the scientists developed another vaccine. And that was the one given to most of the 46 million who took the shot. That vaccine was called X53A. Was X53A ever field tested? Uh, I, I can't say. I would have to. Uh, it wasn't. I don't know. Yeah, kind of sounds familiar. I don't know, the old, uh, the old bait and switch switcheroo. Yeah. You know, <laughs> kind of like, kind of like you, 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 you're walking down the street, and the guy with the with the three shells says, "Hey, you want to pick? You want to pick the shell? You think the uh, the money's underneath? Sure, I'll give that a shot." But now it's the pharmaceutical companies that are doing it. Pfizer in particular. So, so that, uh, when I saw that again from from Bannon's show, it immediately took me right back to that sixty minutes episode because that was the one thing where they tell you one thing. Hey, here here's all the information you need to know. By the way, that's not what we just put in you. And that's exactly because people are going to walk in there going, "Well, this is the Pfizer shot. It's FDA approved. Let me have that. Let me roll up my sleeve. Let's go." Right. And all of a sudden, they're going to find out later that, oh, this isn't the shot they were talking about. 
That's interesting. That's actually the second time today I've heard that. Uh, I was speaking with one of my colleagues earlier today, uh, and she had said uh, the exact same thing, that she had been hearing from nurses in her district that uh, they were concerned because now the state of New York is mandating that healthcare workers uh, get vaccinated. Otherwise, they actually will be losing their jobs on, I believe, September 27th, uh, a lot of them with this, this new state mandate. Um, so uh, she had well, heard that. So this is interesting. I think everyone should look into this. Because- yeah, and, and you know what, Doug? You can go to her and say, you know what? Get get the BioNTech. Uh, yeah. Say, yes, I'll wait for that FDA-approved shot. Right. Let me know when it comes out because it's not available yet. And Incredible. let's see what the, what the what not only what the employers have to say and what the state has to say because that is not available. You can't get it anywhere. It doesn't exist. So... There you have it. A little, uh, a little something different for you to take home with you. Again, thank you for watching live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. Thank you to, uh, of course, we salute and pray for you all, military, active, and retired. Thank you for all that you do for our country, our first responders, EMTs, firefighters, everybody on the front lines, the police as well. Uh, thank you at home for watching. Of course, Paul Nolan, uh, Representative Doug Smith from New York's 5th District. Gio and Fran in the booth, and of course you, the live from Studio 6B listener at home. Thank you. We'll see you tomorrow night. Peace.